Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. This is the podcast connecting with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. On Saturday, February 25th, Rethink the Narrative and the Esteem Awards present Artist in the Afternoon. Beyond Publishing. With us today are the phenomenal gentlemen behind this event, author and publisher, Dr. Derek Tennille, and the producer, founder of the Esteem Awards, my friend, Philistine. Gentlemen, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you both today? I'm doing fine. It's great to be here. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, this is like really interesting. We've got one in Atlanta, one in Chicago. I'm here in Michigan, but we are the holy trinity of podcasts this morning. (laughs) So, yeah. So how did you come together to present Artists in the Afternoon Beyond Publishing and why? So you want to start? Oh, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay. Approached me with the idea of um, having an event here in Atlanta for um, up and coming um, authors, and um, we sought to produce that during uh, Black Gay Pride here in September. And so what happened was um, he approached me with the idea. I already had the blueprint for it. I <laughs> come up with the idea several, uh, a couple of years before um, or so, and all I had to do was go into my files and pull up the um, the outline, and we put it into action, or I put it into action here in the city of Atlanta. I want to say we came together in, um, I want to say the end of July, first of August of last year, and within a week we had the event planned. And so it wow. is the Saturday um, here in the city of Atlanta during Black Gay Pride. Um, we featured um, two panels of authors. I believe we had about 10. And then we had um, a mental health um, and wealth um, segment as well um, that, that was a part of the programming as well. And it turned out to be an, an amazing afternoon. And so what we did not want to do, we did not want to wait until September again to do something. And so we both came up with the idea of having a virtual event, um, which will, of course, take place um, on February 25th, where not only we would invite authors again, but we would talk about um, things that have occurred for those authors or how they've advanced their careers beyond publishing. Because, you know, as a, as many authors are independent authors. And uh, it can be very challenging, um, you know, to grow your brand um, once you have published your first book. And so we wanted to know what other career paths or what other things that, uh, that authors have done in order to um, raise their profile um, in the community at large. You know, Derek, I mean, that is so Phil. And, and you know, and I'm going to give you your kudos now, Phil. Because you are often thinking about our community and lifting up voices. So, I mean, the fact that you two would not only connect, um, this sounds like right up your alley, Phil, but the fact that, Derek, that you already had the blueprint for it. Phil, you have introduced me to so many amazing authors, um, activists, everything, but 
why did you, this is about artists, and you always lift them up. Artists in the afternoon, first time in Atlanta, which shows that your reach is beyond Chicago. What made you say, this is the place, this is the one, and what made you know that the person who would probably have it in his back pocket already was Derek? Uh, through years of just having conversations with Derek uh, and going to Atlanta for Pride and um, hanging out with him at some of the, um, uh, what you want to call them, literary cafes, when you meet somebody and you have a conversation with them, uh, for me, it's always been in the first five minutes, I know if a mm. person is on the same plane or have an idea of what I want to do, or they want to do something similar. So you just sort of reach out. So I knew instantly, probably back in, what was it? The first time he came to the Esteem Awards was, was ooh, I don't want to say the date wrong. I think it was 2012. Was it? Okay, 2012. Yep, when we were in sidetrack that year. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrote a book, and he self-published. Oh, this is somebody I need to know and develop a relationship with Uh and keep in touch with and nurture Uh the relationship. So Uh sometimes it's there just when you talk to somebody. You can sometimes just tell, you know, you know when you meet somebody, oh, this this person is on the up and up. And this Uh is somebody I should definitely work, uh, develop a relationship and collab with if not today, sometime in, down the road. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, definitely Dara, know. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish. Finish up. So I'm sorry. Yeah, you you instantly know, and um, it's been great that we have connected uh, and mm-hmm. continue to uh, talk, and now are moving into this direction of uh, artists in the afternoon becoming a regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Derek, you know, you talked about it, and and I know too, and some of the people that Phil has introduced me to, when you are an author, particularly an African-American author, an African-American author who's a member of the LGBTQ community, it's a grind. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, you don't have, you, you know, your major publishers, unless you're like, what, you know, somebody really huge like Billy Porter, uh, you know, but he had to go through his steps to get there. Many of us, and I have met so many, and, you know, we've got that box of books, you know, and we're going out and we're talking about our books. We're our, our own promotion event. When you, what challenges did you see that you said, you know what, I've gone through this because we can always get in our silos thinking about, I got to make mine work. What did you see? The challenges that you had faced personally as an author and publisher that you said, "Hey, my fellow authors and publishers, we need to talk about this beyond publishing." You know, what is this grind? It, and it's 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 just that it's it's the grind that we need to talk about. Um, a lot of times people, and myself included, have delusions of grandeur, um, thinking <laughs> that, <laughs> that once I publish this book, it is going to set the world on fire. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it does not happen quite like that. And so understanding that it is a hustle, understanding that it is a grind, is something that um, I was completely unaware of. Uh, another thing that that caught me by storm was the fact that, you know, unfortunately in our community, um, especially when you attend um, events like, you know, gay pride and whatnot, um, the artists and, and, and those who are seeking to educate the community in other areas, we're kind of, we kind of play secondary to the parties and, and, and all of mm. the, the entertainment that happens during those weekends. And so it is kind of like being, you know, um, literally in, in a couple of um, places I attended, 
being shoved off to the side. Um, and so I wasn't quite prepared for, for that. Uh, I wasn't quite pre- prepared because I thought that, you know, hey, there are people who want this knowledge just like me, and there are. I just wasn't mm-hmm. prepared for the numbers to be very small. Or when we have these events, um, we are having them um, and we're having the literary cafes or we're having the wealth and health building um, seminars, but it's uh, a side event and not a part of the main event. Um, and so that was the very first thing within our community um, that, um, that was very shocking for me as a, as a new author. And, of course, a lot of times when you um, go to these various events, you're spending money out of pocket. And so mm-hmm. when you're spending out of pocket um, and you get to the event and, you know, you're relegated to um, an obscure place where there's not a lot of foot traffic, um, you don't sell any books. And so you end up, unfortunately, um, spending more just to get to the event than you make when you're at the event selling books. So it was those type of things uh, initially that kind of caught me off guard and, to be very honest with you, was somewhat discouraging. And so mm-hmm. it, it has, you know, you, you have to get into the mindset that, yes, this is a part of who I am, this is a part of what I do, but how else can I build? Um, how else can I educate the community in a larger space, a larger platform? And the truth of the matter is uh, it is amazing to have connections such as you, Michelle, and such as Phil, um, who have um, done a lot of the, 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 the legwork. You've laid the foundation, and you give um, people such as myself an opportunity to talk about their work, um, if I may dare say it, uh, minimizing the cost. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, because I think that that's something that people don't. I mean, first, like you said, I've got this great idea. People are going to love this, and, you know, the world is going to be the path. And next thing you know, you're hauling the books around. You're shipping the books to make sure that they're there, you know, um, standing at the table and people want to talk to you. But very few people put down the money. I have one friend who has a book, and we laughed because he said, I was the first one that when he got there and he was talking about it, and I said, excuse me, let me go to the ATM and get some money and buy your book today. And he said, a lot of people, you know, just don't. And there are things that you have to to know about that part. But I've been to one of those events where there was a book thing, and I often find that some of the artists, particularly authors, get discouraged because, it seems like the story they want to tell isn't, for lack of better word, sexy enough for um, publishers or things to go in where they're telling like a true story, and they're like, "Well, if I change it, doing that, but but that's not my book." How do you, you know? And I know you talk about the mental health part, but you know that can be really discouraging, particularly if you're a creative person that here you put your heart and soul into this and you're relegated to the back corner of the event. You're not on the main stage. People aren't talking about it. And you don't have those opportunities to get into it. When you talk about the mental health part that you did in Atlanta, do you talk about that and how to, how do we particularly as creatives stay inspired Yes, we, we, we covered that, but we also talked about mental health in general, um, just mm-hmm. our day-to-day, um, you know, the day-to-day grind of it and keeping yourself in, encouraged. Um, so, yes, uh, both aspects in, in the professional lives and our personal lives, um, we did cover that in Artists in the Afternoon um, in Atlanta. Um, but we, the main thing that we did want to, to emphasize is, you know, encouraging the authors not to give up, not to lose hope, mm-hmm. um, not to um, just because one event does not work out or, or you feel that you're, you're not seen, not to give up. Because the truth of the matter is it's never about the 99. It's always mm. about the 
And, um, you know, as, as, if one person, and I mean literally one person, gets something out of your book um, or your literary work that changes their lives, that inspires them, then your job is done. Yes, all of us have hopes and dreams of reaching the masses. Um, but understand that, you know, you, you reach someone, that someone is going to be reached through your work, whether it's one or whether it's one million. But it always comes back to that individual person who comes up to you and says, you know what, your work changed my life. You inspired me. It's always that individual one-on-one communication that, um, that, that helps us and definitely helps me to stay encouraged and to keep running on to see what the end is going, going to be like. So, yes, staying encouraged. We talk about that mental health piece of, you know, just because it hasn't happened now doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, you know, for the most part, the message of our books, first and foremost, come to us. We are the first um, beneficiaries of the, mm-hmm. of the work. Um, and therefore, because it comes to us first and we benefit from it and we grow from it first, it's never in vain. It's never in vain mm-hmm. unless you don't. And then when you give it to others, then you, letting your light so shine, give other people the opportunity and permission to grow and allow their light to shine as well. Now, Phil, at the Esteem Awards, like I said, between the Esteem Awards and talking to you personally, I have learned about so many phenomenal authors, many whose books, you know, they're just, they're at that point. And you make it a point in the Esteem Awards because that's what you do and you're recognizing the people who, you know, aren't always on that A-list, you know, but they're doing the work. You have made a, a very conscious decision in an event where, I mean, and I'm going to give it a shout-out, I love the Esteem Awards. I try not to miss one. Um, they're a free event. And, sure, you know, you have some great entertainers there where you could possibly, you know, say, hey, come see so-and-so sing. But you have poets, you have authors, and you give them an opportunity to not only sell their books but to do that. It seems to me, so that you recognize the importance of this voice why do you feel that it's important to not only lift them up at the Esteem Awards, but here you're taking it beyond your annual event to do Artists in the Afternoon? Yes, that is uh, very important. It is very important to recognize people and give them a platform um, uh, and to encourage folks to do what they're doing. You never know what you're doing and how it impacts others. I recall having this conversation with one of our honorees, Tariq Daniels, who Mm -hmm. is located in Texas. And he said to me, how do you know about me? Uh, And you're in Chicago and I'm in Texas. Dude, what you do gives power. you have to be the change that you want to be, what you want to see. Be the change that you want to see. Be that person that inspires. Be that person to give others a platform and change the world by doing so. Mm-hmm. Wow. It is very important, and it's something that I live by just, if somebody had gave, given me a chance, and you know what? I sort of hear people say the thing about, oh, you know, if, if, if Tyler Perry came and saw this or if Oprah saw that, dude, yes, it would be great to have Tyler Perry or Oprah or Bill Gates or some millionaire just come up and, like a genie, put his arms together and say, here's your money to do this. Well, you know what? While you are waiting on this, genie, be the change that you want to see. You think we need to do some things to spotlight our people and our community? You can do that. It doesn't take a million dollars. There's one thing you can do. Maybe you can give that person encouragement. Maybe you 
could tell the authors about Lambda Literary Foundation or about Publishing Triangle or about so-and-so who's an author who doesn't mind working with uh, new aspiring writers. Uh, it's just important to do that, to be that change and be that positive influence. And I, and I usually say this, and i got to watch my French when I say it. <laughs> the world is a effed-up place. Mm. Things are effed up everywhere. But you, through that one act of kindness, by giving this person an uh, uh, encouraging word, by writing about this person who is doing amazing work, you change the world just by doing that. And we need to do that on a consistent basis and not have, continue to have the I'm waiting on this millionaire to come deliver us mm. attitude. It starts with us. Mm -hmm. each and every one of us as individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Derek, I mean, I saw the, uh, I was watching one of the videos um, from the Atlanta event. What are the challenges of taking it from being like an in-person event? I mean, because, I mean, I saw the interaction between you and the people who are on the panel, and there was like a, a great vibe to taking that from there to doing it virtually? Wow, good, uh, excellent question. Um, just keeping that level of engagement, um, it, it, it's much easier, I believe, to uh, engage an audience in person sometimes than it is online. And so I wanted, we wanted to make sure that we did not um, – we did not – we created a format that did not draw anything out, that it's not too long. We want to make sure that we have a, a, a clearly defined time and that we um, make sure that our content is engaging in order to keep our audience for the, for the duration. Uh, so I think that is the most challenging, the most challenging part is making sure that the audience stays and remains engaged. Um, and then, too, you know, sometimes we have a tendency, um, you know, because we're so inundated with um, events, um, with advertisements for events online and otherwise, that, you know, we kind of dismiss them sometimes. And so, mm -hmm. therefore, um, um, we want to, to make sure that we recruit people, we recruit participants, and we want to make sure that we're, we're advertising. So, it is the, even though you have the the opportunity for a, a, a bigger audience, um, you know, advertisement um, and meaningful advertisement um, and, and getting the people to sign up is one of the challenges of holding um, an online event. And a lot of times when it comes to in-person events, particularly um, the one we had Pride Weekend, um, people were looking for something that was um, aside from the, um, the, the entertainment that happens that weekend. They want something with a little bit more intellectual appeal. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, it, it, it just made for a very nice event to be able to come out and, and enjoy um, people and be inspired and, and whatnot. And so we're hoping, to re, we're hoping to reproduce that online as well. Um, but what we'll do is definitely we will tweak the event as need be to make sure that it is rich and engaging. Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed like last time and this time coming up, on you have two panels. Why two panels? Yeah. Well, we wanted to give each um, author an opportunity to, to speak. Um, we wanted to make sure that we gave adequate time um, for them to talk about their not only their literary works, but also what they have done since then, what career paths they've followed um, since first publishing. So that's why we broke it up into two panels, um, just to give so that we can give enough attention and time for 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 each um, author. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, tell us about the event. What are people going to see? Um, what is the focus of of each panel? Phil, I'll let you take the first one, the first part. Okay. I was, uh, one, very um, excited uh, as I reached out to some of the uh, panelists 
to get them to offer their opinions and uh, advice and also to talk about why representation matters. Mm -hmm. uh, we have on the panel, um, for example, we had two females. Uh, and we have, by the way, two of the gentlemen are originally from Detroit, your area. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have um, a gentleman. Okay, we have Frederick Smith, who's from Detroit, originally from Detroit now in huh. San Francisco. We have uh, Aaron Foley, who is originally yeah, from Detroit. I know, I, mm -hmm. I know Aaron. <laughs> yes, Aaron is mm -hmm. on the PBS NewsHour. I had so much. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And then he uh -huh. recently signed a contract to, uh, for one of his books to become a film. Uh, so that that's exciting. And we have Ryan Douglas, a gentleman who is a young adult publisher. And I, I, I know I'm digressing a little bit, but young adult publishing is a little bit different than your traditional fiction or nonfiction. Just in my talking to different artists or authors and writers, I learned the different genres and what they entail. And so this young man um, wrote a horror film, a horror book, I'm sorry. I'm saying film, but his horror book, um, he's a, a young adult publisher, and it's taken to Jake Levinson, and he's going to talk about the challenges of being a teenager and a, a gay teenager and some other things. I'm not going to talk until everything, you know, the spoils some things. And we have Fiona, um, who is a gorgeous African-American, Jamaican-American uh, writer, author, phenomenal. And I was just so excited when she said yes she would be on this panel to discuss representation and to give advice to it, uh, inspiring, um, aspiring uh, writers and authors. And I also reached out into the filmmaking um, area or space and asked my friend uh, Adam McMath, who's with the um, mm -hmm. Black Alphabet Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Yep. The kids upstairs get you. Mm -hmm. I mean... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so cool, you know, because, I mean, I have yeah. a picture of one sitting outside talking with Aaron Foley, you know, before as he was talking about he was he was going to write. In fact, that time he was working for the city of Detroit. But, you know, storytelling and doing it. And I think that when you look, you have a young adult that all of our stories, you know, there might be some coming out, you know, part of it, but we live such full, amazing lives that they don't always have to be some story about, you know, coming to grips with a young person. Their experience in life is much different than someone even a, one generation before them because life has changed. And I think that that's what's yeah. so interesting. And to try have someone who is from the Afro-Caribbean community. I mean, that's just like, you know, we are just such a broad, beautiful community. That is just like what you're showing and giving each one of them. There'll be some overlaps, but there'll be some things that are unique to them. And much like you said, you never know who's that young person, who's that Afro-Caribbean person, who's that kid from Detroit. And, you know, you also mentioned someone else who, who might be in Texas, who was originally from Detroit. I mean, who are these people? Oh, that's right. Yes. We, we export a lot of great talent here from Detroit, Michigan. I mean, it's my home. I have to give that shout-out, but we do export <laughs> a lot of great talent from Detroit, Michigan, who have gone on to do great things. But there might be somebody who's sitting here, like we have the Ruth Ellis Center, which is really like young people, who might be thinking, hey, I can tell my story. My story might be different, but my story matters, and this is what's happening. I think that is just, like, phenomenal. Phil, I mean, you know, were you looking at, did you have in your mind, like, a little jigsaw puzzle? And, like, you were saying, like, okay, I need this piece. I need that piece. I need the other piece. Ah, this is a beautiful 
kaleidoscope of our community. Phil? Well, we'll wait for Phil to get back. I'm sorry, I'm still here. I'm I'm still here. I'm sorry. Uh, The Mm -hmm. kids upstairs were making noise, (laughs) and I thought you could hear it in the phone, so I was moving around. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's always good to have um to bring that spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing the spectrum and bringing everybody's story and uh background to the equation. It is mm-hmm. always important. Nobody's story or my story isn't the same as my brother's, although we have the same parents. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, my story is different from someone, obviously, who is in uh, from a different region of the country. Mm-hmm. But yet they may have experienced similar things or maybe something they experienced was totally different than mine. And, oh, I never thought of that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, uh, it is always important to, to, to include everybody and to um, – have all of the alphabet represented, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. uh, I'll stop it, plus. I don't mean it, yeah, plus. There <laughs> well, are some additional plus. letters. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, plus does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not easy when you're trying to fill those pieces out sometimes. Because mm-hmm. you, you say, oh, I wish we could do evenly split it off. Uh, three to represent uh, just a male point of view or three to represent the over 50 or you know you have to have somebody in there under 25 as well. So it's not easy all the time, but I'm I'm always proud that we make that conscious effort to do so. Mm-hmm. Well, Derek, you're up. Tell us about the second panel. Well, at this point in time, um, what we're going to also do is we're going to have um, guest um, Tom Logan um, is producing a coffee table book. And that coffee table book um, is going to feature some um, up-and-coming black men or some very prominent, I should say, black gay men Uh in the African-American community. Um, and, And that is going to be moderated by special guests. And and people who are uh, featured in that coffee table book um, will be um, on that particular panel. So mm-hmm. if you want to know exactly who they are and what walks of life they come in, uh, they're coming from, you've got to tune in. Mm-hmm. So did you guys um, sit down and coordinate the two panels or say, and I know that the theme is about representation matters. Did you look at it together to see, like, wow, you know, we have to have this, we have to have that. I heard uh, Phil talk about the over 50, the under 25. You know, did you guys, like, coordinate it? And when you went in and you – did you come in – when you came and you were talking about representation matters – what did that mean to you? And then you went about filling that, that the dots. I helped uh, Tom out by um, uh, speaking with some of the uh, panelists that are in that book. Derek mm-hmm. is being alert. Dr. Ten- Tenio is being a little shy right now <laughs> because I talked him into <laughs> participating and offering his two cents to be in the book. So I was mm-hmm. very happy uh, that he decided to help out with that. Uh, we do have a gentleman from an, uh, Atlanta. Uh, his name is Andre Holmes. He is a uh, gay out firefighter. Mm. And I saw this gentleman originally on a television show on Netflix about redoing houses and was just so fascinated with his story. I needed to know some more. And he granted me an interview, and that was just outstanding. Uh, There's a designer in the book as well. um, And there's a gentleman, a couple from, yeah, there's a couple in the book. I don't want to say the wrong place, so I won't say exactly anything beyond that. But then we have uh, Darian Aaron, who is a wonderful 
phenomenal writer and activist. He is also in the book. So we reached out looking for uh, people in their various communities, business, the arts, activism, and so forth. Um, that was one of the things we looked at. And we also looked at uh, young versus mature. I won't call us old. Um, <laughs> no, over 50 and fabulous, not old. <laughs> <laughs> mature. Uh, it turns out there was a gentleman who was in the book. I know his mom and dad. I went to school with his wow. dad, and his mother lived down the street from me. And I'm like, uh -huh. is that? Yeah, that's. And he did uh -huh. what? Oh, my God. I'm just so proud of this boy. It's beautiful. Well, you know, one of the things, and next week, we are going to spend some time with Tom Logan. One of the things, but I did go and look at the book. And how it is it is broken down into into areas. And I thought about, you know, your theme representation matters. And I was particularly moved by his book and the images of it because I mean, I think that we all fall into things, but many people have an ideal of what a black gay man is. And here are these images that show, you know, I mean, you don't have to be one way or the other. Like you said, there's a firefighter. There's a couple who are parents, which makes you, and even though it is geared toward, all the pictures are of men, it makes you think. When I look at the pictures of the parents, it makes you think, what is parenting? And what do you bring? And, you know, and parenting isn't about gender. It's about the love and the care and the nurturing and what you're trying to do. And I was just like, wow. You know, like people would say, well, why would you, why would you want to? Because it shows the totality, again, of our community. And don't put people in boxes, you know. People, I think I could see, like, you could show someone who might be against gay marriage and say, oh, what are two men going to do? Look, they're raising a family. Like you said, it's generational. We didn't just drop out of the sky. You knew this guy's parents and somebody else lived down the street. You know, we are everywhere in the community. And, I, I mean, I, I look forward to talking to him about this book because it, I think it's really important, just like this whole event is to be able to show these people and to see what people are are doing and how they're doing it differently and how we're living our lives and i also like um to get back to the first part what people are doing beyond just writing because like like derek and i said it's a grind <laughs> and you know you still have to pay the book pay for pay your bills you still have to be able to pay to ship those books. So it means that you have to do other things. And how do you find ways to promote yourself, Derek? And, you know, and I haven't used Dr. Derek, you know, because, you know, I am, I have a great respect for people who follow that educational path, but you keep it real also, you know, it's like you, I had someone once who, who told a, a child, well, you must call me doctor, where the child was just asking them a question about life. When you look well, at all of these other things that you, yeah, you know, when you look at all of these other things that, that you have had to do, is it like a dance, a dance that not only you have had to do to survive, to thrive, to share this wisdom, but that you hope will come out of this first um, panel that, that, yeah, it's not just like, a, you know, a one-step thing, that it, it's a beautiful dance that you do in life to not only represent, but to hone your craft and keep it going and inspire others? Yes, it is indeed a dance. Um, and, you know, with any dance, it has its... Um, high points and it's low points, but you have to stay open and be ready to flow um, with, with the universe. 
um, where that dance or where or where that flow takes you. And I think um, that is the 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 beauty of it. You don't know where it's going to go, but just stay open. There are many times that there have been opportunities that have um, doors that have been opened for for new opportunities that I had no idea what they were coming from, where they were coming from. But I stayed open, and, and that's one of the things that as artists. Um, who, who, who live in a creative space and flow, we have to remain open and not become um, what I would say bitter or jaded um, when mm. it appears that opportunities are not coming as fast as we would like them. Um, and, and I talk a little bit about this in my article in um, the, the book. Um, one of the things I have always questioned um, is whether or not um, I was born too early or arrived too late um, mm. because of the way I, you know, the, my progressive thinking. And then also um, there are times where I, I say, hey, I should have had exposure to more opportunities by now or, you know, access to more opportunities. But I also have to remember I'm still on this side of the dirt and life is not over with yet. Amen. So, so Go tomorrow ahead. <laughs> mhm, mhm, mhm. Wow, hey, exactly. You know, and, yes. and and those of us who are, and you know what, I had um a woman who she said that she didn't use older, she didn't use more mature. She said she was seasoned. <laughs> yeah. She said so. She said she was more seasoned in life. But this is, uh, she's an activist. In fact, she, was, she at one point in time, she won in an esteem award, and I believe she was in her, I'm sure she was in her 80s, you know. Um, wow. And that's what she said. She's more seasoned, and she's still doing things because I keep, like, and that's what she'll say. Well, I'm still on this side of the earth, you know. I'm going to try something new, you know. That's it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I would- I would rather try something new than to go to the other side of the next dimension with coulda, shoulda, wouldas, or regret. Mm. Mm. Um, and so that is the, you know, at this particular point in time in my life, I try not to look at age or what um, what one would might consider missed opportunities. Um, I look at opportunities that um, that I can be afforded even now that I wouldn't have had access to um, in my youth. So it's all about constantly reinventing yourself and, and, and staying um, relevant, not in the world's sense, but in your own mind. What is it that I have to contribute? Because I'm still here. That means purpose hasn't been 100% fulfilled yet. So there's something mm. left. What is it? And let me do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I wanted to jump in on that, and I think about something that my grandmother used to say. It's not where I should be or where I would be. I just thank God I'm not where I used to be. All right. It's about being where I'm not there anymore where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Should and would, you know, they are subject to forces of the universe. And sometimes the universe is not on my damn side. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. You know, I can see the handprint of the esteem awards all over this. You know that, Phil, because all the different parts that I see you two are pulling together in Artists in the Afternoon is what happens at the Esteem Award. It's about representation. And I, I, I applaud you both for having that commitment to doing it because, you know, people who have biases, people who say they don't understand. And, you know, I've heard people, you know, on the political side say, like, oh, well, I don't know any gay people, you know, or, or it's like, or look at you and go like, oh, you're gay? It's like, that's how we move more towards equality. That's how we move more towards justice and a better beloved community because of representation. If you don't see it, you can't struggle with it, think about it, and do better. Um, and that's what you're doing. And I am 
honored and proud to know both of you. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so very thank much. Thank you. For, uh, we are proud and honored to know you. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we are in, in your shadow and in, and behind your footsteps. So we thank, we're thankful for, for the representation that um, you and, and, and the footprint that you have provided in the earth. So, right, because my sister from another mother, <laughs> uh, Michelle Brown, you know I will call on you sometimes. <laughs> and I'll answer. I love answer. the way you can command an audience, the way you have commanded an audience. And that year you did your, um, you did some spoken word for us, and you said, I have to have that salon song. And one of my friends said, well, she she about to do some salon? What's this? I said, just listen. Because that intro came on. Uh, what was this? What was that piece? Uh, about don't touch, about my, don't touch hair. my hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just had to say that, you know, sometimes we're going to call on you, sister. Right. And, and like I said, and I will answer, you know, and I will answer because, you know, we do this together. Uh, we do this together, and the work that we have done together and will continue together, not only with the Esteem Awards, but now, you know, an artist in the afternoon, I will always support and talk about that. Um, we are going to do, we are going to grasp and build this beloved community. So what are the details? How do people tune in to Artists in the Afternoon Beyond Publishing. That's an we awesome have, um, go, go ahead, Gary. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, if you go to Eventbrite Artists in the Afternoon, there is a, um invite and a questionnaire on Eventbrite. There is also one on Facebook. And I am in the process of compiling those lists and starting to send out the LinkedIn information uh, today, as a matter of fact. So you can find us on, um, again, on Facebook, Artists in the Afternoon, the event is there, as well as on Eventbrite. We do also have a link, Artists in the Afternoon, on prideindex.com, there's a story about it. And what I've also done um, was on each of my social media platforms, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and Twitter, I have been putting out those advertisements constantly. We do have um, the code. What is the code called? I can't call it right now. With Within the um, that you scan, that will actually take you there to the register. The QR code. So look for... Yeah, the QR code on mm-hmm. my uh, uh Instagram, Twitter, and then there's an invite on Facebook, mm-hmm. and there's also the invite on Eventbrite. Okay. Now, should somebody not be able to find it, you could still send me an email at esteemfeedback at hotmail.com. So it's out there in several places. You can look for it or email me directly, and I can make sure that we can get you added to the list to attend the event on LinkedIn on the 25th. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you have to, because I know I was looking at the event on Facebook, and you said whether on or off Facebook. So if someone, they don't have to, that will go through the Eventbrite link that will get them there. They'll be able to see it. Right. Or there's the actual stories on prideindex.com, mm-hmm. Artists in the Afternoon, and we talk about the new event. And there are links that you can click as well as email me directly if you're not on any of the social media platforms. Well, Derek, and I don't know if it happened last Time, you know, because it was an in-person event, but are you anticipating that you might get questions afterwards um, from the audience? Like if they are asking, like, well, how do I find out about this? Or they, if they connect it with one of the speakers and they have a question about how they get into it, or if they have a question for you, 
how do you did you receive those in, in the in-person event and how do you look to handle those are you anticipating them with this virtual event and how will you field those questions yes yeah, so we will have the um, chat box that will be um, uh, available or open during um, the event where people can post questions and we will definitely take um, some of those questions um, at the end of the um, each one of those sessions and then also um, if there are if there's some additional information that that individuals will need. We're also going to make sure that we have um, available the, um, the social media um, and email addresses for each one of our participants that day so that if they don't get those questions answered during the actual event, they can follow up with um, um, our artists or with Phil and myself, um, you know, to get answers to those questions. Hmm. So the next artist, and the artists in the afternoon, do you have it? Are you already thinking about that? Yes, we are already thinking about <laughs> um, that event. As a matter of fact, um, Phil and I in, are in the pre planning phase of that. And so, tentatively, um, the next one will occur during um, Atlanta Black Pride um, weekend. And so, we're looking at it's going to be September 2nd. September mm -hmm. 2nd, 2023. Mm -hmm. And so more details will be forthcoming very soon. Mm -hmm. And Phil, the event that's near and dear to my heart, 2023 Esteem Awards. Oh, we are, we're ready. We are ready. <laughs> this I year, mm -hmm. our date is uh, July 1st, Saturday. We're going to be at Sidetrack again. Okay. And uh, we have, what is that time? Oh, my God. How am I drawing a blank? Oh, one to three. One mm -hmm. to three. And coming up after the Artists in the Afternoon, we are putting out the commute of uh, the um, um, email and request from anybody and everybody in the community to uh, send us a list of people who they think we should consider for an award this year. We're going to do that at the end of February and uh, take those first two weeks and be ready to announce at the end of March. So we have the date already. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the times already. Save the date, uh, July 1st from 1 to 3 p.m. at Sidetrack. And the next step at the end of this month is to actually compile together our list of uh, people to consider, and then we'll turn around and vote and announce mm -hmm. those winners coming up in the month of April. Awesome, awesome. Well, gentlemen, I mean, I want to thank you for your time today. I am going to make sure to post uh, on all of my platforms about this event so that people can sign up. One of the good things about uh, virtual, um, Phil, and I know you, um, up to Friday of the 24th, or, I mean, can people still, I mean, one of the beauties about virtual, there's no limit to how many people can be in the room. Will you still be looking for those um, people who are signing up and getting that link, those links to them? How late are you going yes. to be able to, to sign up? All the way up until the event actually starts. Wow. And I was planning on um, going out to my social medias even during the event and saying, if you want to jump in, you can. Uh -huh. And here's now, the link. That's awesome. Okay, Derek, you know, I know I've had you as a guest before, but those who don't know what you do behind Rethink the Narrative, could you fill us in on what that is about and how can people contact you outside of artists in there about Rethink the Narrative? Awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can visit my website at rethinkin.com. That's 
just like it sounds, R-E-T-H-I-A, <laughs> and the number N, dot com. And we do a variety of things. Um, right now, um, I do have a number of, of uh authors who who have published through my company, but also we're venturing out into some other types of media, um, which include a docuseries that we have um, Mm -hmm. indeed produced um, relative to uh, highlighting uh, members of the LGBTQ um, community um, and and just just educating the general public. Um, The name of that docuseries, um, and you can find episodes of it on um, YouTube under Rethinking, is Q&A, my name is, my pronouns are. And so Mm. the the whole premise is just to educate the public uh, and and let the general public know that um, the, 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 I guess, the the varying spectrums of the LGBT community and the fact that, hey, we're people too. And so Uh you need to know uh, when engaging with us. So we're very excited about that, and we're looking forward to um, producing some more projects um, like that in the very near future. That is awesome. Well, again, I want to thank my guest. You've been listening to Dr. Derek Camille and my brother from another mother, Phyllis Esteem, who together, Rethink the Narrative and the Esteem Awards, are presenting Artists in the Afternoon, Beyond Publishing, Saturday, February 25th at 1 p.m. You can be a part of it on or off Facebook. There will be a number of links. Phil will get you in there the day of so that you can experience this. It's going to be phenomenal because these two guys are phenomenal. You know, and, and Derek, now you too are my brother from another mother. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll uh, take it. <laughs> all right. Well, again, I want to thank you both. Um, and I hope to see you in August in Atlanta as well. And, of course, at the Esteem Awards. But um, thank yeah. you again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for this, Matt, this event, because representation truly does matter. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want to thank my guest, author, publisher, and CEO of Rethink the Narrative, Dr. Derek Tenniel, and the creator and founder of the Esteem Awards, Phil Esteem. Rethink the Narrative and the Esteem Awards together are presenting the second artist in the afternoon, Beyond Publishing. Following the success of the first live event held in 2022 during Atlanta's Black Pride, the second virtual event will again have two panels of artists and authors who will share their experiences and explain why representation by African-American LGBTQ plus artists matters. You can support Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio by following on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And becoming a monthly supporter on Patreon.com. Current and past episodes of the show can be heard on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned as we continue to introduce you to more amazing individuals living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio. Thank you for listening. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. 
For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com.